Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome or welcome back to the Life Innings Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen. And today, I got a very, very special guest, Mateos Cortez, back on the podcast for the third time. And in this episode, actually, it's a it's going to be like part one of a two-part episode. And uh, Mateos and I are going to talk about the transition from adolescence into adulthood. Okay, so it's kind of like an interview, but it's really just a conversation between me and a good friend of mine. All right, so hopefully you enjoy the conversation. Please excuse the technical difficulties, the noises in the background. We had a little bit of, um, or I should say, a few problems today, but... It's still a good conversation, and part two will be coming soon, all right? So I'm not going to keep you waiting any longer. Let's get into this conversation. And one. What's up, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen. And yet again, for the third time, we got a very special guest, Mateus Cortez, bro. My brother, my friend, my family, my cousin. What's happening, man? How you doing? Yeah, it's good to be back, man. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Like I said, the third time. So, yeah, it's a pleasure, man. It's always a pleasure. Um, yeah, I've been um, on vacation for the last uh, 10 days, and I got about 25 days left. So I've just been you not know, relaxing and trying to, I would say, like, recharge my batteries for mm. for for the rest of the year, you know? yeah. Yeah, definitely. And for like anybody who's listening who isn't familiar with that expression, what do you mean when you say char- recharge your batteries? Um, yeah, it just means that you've been really exhausted for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. And then you take a couple of days to relax and to uh, get your energy back, really. Yeah. Just like you recharge your cell phone when it dies, you get overwhelmed or exhausted you need to do kind of the same thing right perfect man look at that look at that man perfect explanation bro (laughs) um and speaking of vacation you were before we started Mm -hmm. recording here you were telling me like you're on vacation and you really 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 are on vacation like you haven't been doing anything whatsoever definitely yeah yeah that's something that I've been wanting to be able to do for a while because for the last, yeah, for the last year, I've been 
like always there was always something to do whether it was like studying going to school or working so there was always something and I was feeling kind of overwhelmed and you know I never felt like I had enough time to do what I wanted mm. All right, everybody. So at this point during the conversation, we were having some technical difficulties. Somebody was trying to call Mateos on the phone at the same time that he was using the phone to talk to me on Skype. So, um, yeah, it just kind of messed up our connection. But we got it fixed, more or less. So uh, let's get back to the conversation. I just oh, took see. out my, my SIM card, so it's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I got you. Uh, sorry about that. Do no, you want to like just uh, start over or? Um, no, I think. Well, I have it saved the the part from the first recording. So I think I'll just after we finish recording everything, I'll go in and piece it together. You know, <clears> so it's just one long audio file. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think we picked sorry off. No, nah, don't worry, man. That's all good. I think we were talking about the fact that you've been on vacation and there was always something to do. You know, but now that you have nothing to do, you realized how dangerous that can be. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You just kind of get into the habit of not doing anything. And, um, but I think overall, it, it's really good for your mental health and uh, just your state of mind, you know, mm -hmm. uh, getting back your, um, yeah, like, like like we said before, getting back your energy so that you can continue to 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 work hard, you know. I think it's really important. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And speaking of, like, mental health, it makes me wonder, um, at your school or anybody's school that you know or even at your job, is this something that they talk about, like the students at your school or the, univer or the, uh, the company that you work for? Do they talk about, like, oh, you know, take care of your mental health, make sure you're recharging go to therapy are they talking about these kinds of things no 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 it's not something that they talk about very often no uh it's it's, it's interesting to say that because about about two months before the the semester was over one of the students uh took his own life he committed suicide mm -hmm. and after that they started talking about it and kind of bringing awareness to it and talking about mental health. But before that, that was never really a subject. Like nobody would ever talk about it. And it's so, I mean, it's kind of sad that it takes one extreme situation mm -hmm. for people to start talking about it. Uh, but yeah, usually they don't they don't talk about that, you know. Um, and also, like, we don't really have that good of a relationship with uh, the professors and the people who are in charge of the school. Mm -hmm. It's usually like, you know, you have to do this and that, but we don't really have that relationship of let's see how things are going uh, mentally wise. You know, it's not something that they care about. I would say. Hmm. I would definitely agree, at least in my experience, when I was at public school for, I think, what did we go, 13 years before you go to college, you're in public school, and then you go to university the entire time. Nobody really is like, oh, 
I wonder if they're, you know. And it's when you stop and think, it's kind of unrealistic to expect a team of administrators at a university to genuinely care about tens of thousands of different students at the school and what they're going through in their personal lives and all these things. But um, they have like guidance counselors, which are supposed to help you figure out a career path after school. How are you doing in college? Are you taking the right classes? Um, and I think that some places have a, a like a, a place where you can go do therapy sessions or something like that on campus. But I don't really know enough about it to say what actually happens there. But um, I would agree in my experience, it's really not something that gets talked about. Like many important subjects, nobody really cares until tragedy strikes, right? But I think uh, it's something extremely important, not just in the context of going to school, not just in the context of getting a job, but just in life, period, because you're going to burn out at some point. And for anybody who doesn't understand the expression burn out, it basically just means um, run out of energy, like you talked about at the beginning of the conversation. You're just doing way too much, and eventually you're like, shit, I, I can't do this anymore. you know. And part of that is just a lack of understanding of how important your mental health is and how to take care of your brain, because nobody really teaches you that uh, yeah. when you're growing up. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, man. Um, and I think part of that, like part of the reason that people don't talk about it is that most people, well, I wouldn't say most, but a lot of people, they don't consider it to be an important subject to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of people in today's society that still think that depression is not a real thing. Like you're just, you just want attention or something like that. So I think that in order for it to become like the important subject that it is, I think that people have to be more aware of what mental health actually is mm-hmm. because most people have no idea that, you know, it's a very important subject. It's something that kills people all around the world. And, um, yeah, it's crucial. And, uh yeah, you're talking about like um, whether it's in the workplace or in school, you get to a point where you'll feel burned out mm-hmm. or overwhelmed. Has um, have you ever felt like that, like in your? Because um, I remember you. I think last year you were working at a, a photography company, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I don't know what your background is in jobs and stuff like that, but <laughs> has there ever been a period in your life where you felt like that, like overwhelmed, you know, wake up feeling like shit, like, man, what am I doing? You know, because I, <laughs> I felt, I think for for the last two years, I've been feeling like that, like, out of every 10 days, I would say like seven, uh, but what about what about you? Uh, do you ever feel like that? The majority of my adult life, I felt like that. <laughs> like that's like that's as honest as I can be. The majority of my adult life is just like, man, what what the fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? Where am I going? And then you kind of, especially when you're somebody who spends a lot of time like alone don't have too many close friends or too many close relationships with family and things like that. You just spend a lot of time sort of thinking like, 
what should I be doing? Especially if you don't know what you want to do, then you're just asking yourself, okay, yep. well, what should I do? And then you try things and then it just doesn't work out. Then you try something else and it doesn't work out. And you feel like you're just walking in circles, you know, when all you want to do is move forward. So then, of course, you're going to feel burned out at some point. I think it's natural for most people at any age over 18, you know what I mean? If you're like working, if you're trying to make change in your life, I think it's normal. Um, but I don't know, man. I just, uh, I think that part of the problem going back to the mental health thing, which is like the main subject. And just for anybody who's listening, what we're talking about today and the reason I got you on the podcast today, besides just enjoying your conversation, my friend, is to talk about like our experiences kind of, kind of transitioning into what we call adulthood right you know more responsibilities more possibilities and things like that just getting your shit together as we say sometimes and um getting back to the mental health thing i think it's strange to me when i think about what mental health is and all the things that affect the health of your mind it's really strange to me that parents don't have some kind of instruction or course requirements on what or I shouldn't say what, but how their parenting affects the mental health of their child, all the little things that they do, you know. Um, and maybe they exist and I just don't know about it. But I think it's like absolutely crucial to understand that it's not just what happens in your childhood, but a lot of what happens in your childhood generally dictates who you become, the way you behave, the way you think, yeah. and all these things. And I think a lot of problems that we have transitioning into adulthood stem from the fact that we didn't have a lot of conversations about how to transition into adulthood. So what was it like for you or what is it like for you? Cause you're 20 now or you're still 19. Yeah. 20, 20 now. Okay. And um, you're still with, you're with your parents. You have your brother and sister as well. So you're kind of in the beginning of the transition, I imagine. But what was it like for you growing up until now? How was, what was your parents parenting style like? Um, well, that's a good question. I've never really stopped to think about it, but, mm -hmm. um, I had a, I had a really good, uh, childhood. It, like my upbringing was awesome. There's nothing to, to complain about that. Mm -hmm. But in, in terms of, uh, conversations about mental health and just dealing with life in general, we never really talked about that. Like, of course, if I'm having a hard time and I go over to my dad or my mom, uh, they would help me out for sure. They would talk to me and they would try to help me. But naturally, that's not something that we've been discussing. Uh, we've never talked about that, to be honest. Mm. And uh, um, it's kind of a difficult thing because I'm not sure if my parents are aware of like mental health issues of course they know about that they've heard about it but i don't think neither of them have personally experienced that to the point where they can be uh, they can become aware of the importance of talking about that mm -hmm. to their children and i'm pretty sure that they probably still have that mentality of um nah it's just you know it's just a difficult time in your life, you know, mm -hmm. get your shit together. You know, that. 
I think that's what my my parents would say. I was yeah. like, hey, I, I have depression or something like that. Um, and they're also extremely religious people. So whenever they whenever they hear about someone struggling with mental uh, uh, mental problems, uh, mm-hmm. mental issues, they'd probably be like, yeah, that's because you don't have God in your life. That's because, you know, the devil is in control of your life or something like that. They have that mentality that I really dislike. But uh, uh, going back to what you said about transitioning into my 20s, everything that I know about dealing with mental health and stuff like that, I got from like Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, Gary B, you know, people on YouTube that are talking about that. Mm-hmm. But within my family, I, I never really talked about that. Um, and I think part of that, I don't want to prolong myself. That's a long answer, but I feel like people from the older generation, they're much more likely to not really want to talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's something that I would want to talk to my, uh, to my, to my children about, but people from like the, the seventies and the eighties, that's something that don't, it's almost like unconsciously, they don't think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's even a thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, and I kind of wanted to, uh, to ask you the same question because uh, like the reason I asked you uh, if you ever felt like burnt out in life because you always gave me that vibe that you're really like extremely satisfied with what you do in life, your career and uh, what your future looks like and stuff like that. So I was kind of surprised that you told me that, you know, you'll feel like shit sometimes. But uh, yeah, what about what about you? Like growing up, uh, how did you feel about like managing your mental health? Because I think I think you told me one time that growing up you kind of had like a sheltered life. You know, had a really good childhood. But in terms of mental health, how did you how did you deal with that growing up? When I was a kid. Um... That's absolutely right. I did have like what I would call a sheltered lifestyle, which means my parents tried to protect me from the world, from life. They didn't really want their kids dealing with hard times or going to bad places or having to struggle for things. And I think that's a natural desire as a parent. You don't want to see your kid suffer because you love them, I guess. But to me, it was kind of like the worst... Well. I think it was good for me now because it made who I am today and it kind of helped me form the perspective I have today. So I can't say I wish it were different because I don't know what different would be. You know what I'm saying? But I think in terms of parenting in general and the effects that I've seen that their parenting style had and has on me, I'd say is depending on how you look at it, probably the worst thing you could do for a kid is protect them and do everything for them and, uh, make sure they're safe and happy and comfortable all the time because life isn't like that. And eventually you do have to transition into adulthood. So what the fuck are your kids going to do if you've been doing everything for them for the past 18 to 20 years? 
they're not gonna know what to do. You're just asking for trouble. So um, yeah. that was that's kind of like after thinking about it for years, that's the conclusion I came to. It's like it made me who I am today, but at the same time, it caused a lot of problems. You know, because when I was younger, um, and now I was just, I was always kind of like a weirdo. Um, I was a little little anxious in social situations. I was quiet um, with people I didn't really know that well. Didn't make friends very good. And um, also didn't have, never really had like a, 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 like a close knit relationship with my family members, you know, so no close friends. I said I had friends when I was a kid, obviously, but the older I got, it was like the less friends I had and the farther away I grew from my other family members, you know, so that mixed with the way I was raised, mixed with just solitude, I think, um, caused a lot of problems for me i actually thought i don't know anymore but i thought at one point when i was really starting to study psychology and um mental issues and things like that because of what was going on in my own life all the issues i was having i started studying psychology and i thought that i had developed a mental disorder you know because of what i was experiencing what i was reading based on like different studies and research that i was finding online videos i was watching but obviously i'm not licensed so i can never know for sure and I actually even tried to speak to a psychologist, but um, turns out he wasn't necessarily a psychologist. He was kind of like a social worker. You know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. So he, neat, long story short, it was a joke. And I was just like, man, fuck therapy. This is all bullshit. I can do this myself. Like, I cause this problem, I can solve it. And that's kind of what I've been trying to do for the last, you know, five years just slowly kind of trying to figure it out myself because going back to what you said again i'm gonna give you a long answer for your long answer um (laughs) going back to what you said about um your parents like being helpful or or not like you said about the old generation a lot of times it's not even that they don't want to talk about it even though that is common i think part of it is that they don't know how to talk about it because their parents never talked to them about it. So you can't really help your kids with something that you've never been helped with or that yeah. you don't really understand. So when I was younger, I was kind of like mad at my parents when I realized what had happened. Like, man, you got sheltered me, you spoiled me for all these years, and now I got to grow up and I don't know what the fuck to do. So I felt like uh, like a resentment for my parents because like, fuck, you didn't prepare me, you didn't do your job, which to a certain extent is true. But at the same time, I changed my perspective and it's like, okay, I know that now. What am I going to do? It's my responsibility now to take care of myself, to make sure that I'm okay because I'm an adult now. So that's kind of um, what I've been doing lately is with the help of Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, and people like that. Uh, just yeah. slowly trying to take my experiences and learn as much as I can from them and see where it goes. I'm not sure what else we can do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Um, not being really close to my parents in mm-hmm. terms of having those types of conversations. And I think that for us, like the blessing that we have is that nowadays we can kind of help ourselves with the internet, YouTube videos and stuff like that. Yeah. And be able to figure out what's going on, you know. Um, and that's definitely a good thing because uh like you said you don't have to necessarily go talk to a psychiatrist 
I messed up. <laughs> uh, you, you don't have to go talk to a professional about it. You can kind of figure it out by yourself. Um, I think that's a good thing and a bad thing. Because mm. a lot of people, they, they're they pretty sure that they have depression. But it's kind of like self, self-diagnosed. Yep. And... Yeah, and uh, I felt like that with like social anxiety. For a long time, I've been struggling with uh, social anxiety, and I never actually talked to a professional about it. It's just you know, I have the symptoms. I looked it up on the internet, and it all makes sense, and I feel it, and it affects my life. But I've never been like officially diagnosed. Mm -hmm. But overall, it's a blessing that we have the internet to to help us with. Uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And like you said, it can be good and bad, a little dangerous because people start to self-diagnose themselves. <laughs> and um, when they don't really maybe understand all the complexities of your mind, because it's probably the most complex thing that exists that we know of is the human brain. And um, to just read some symptoms online and be like, yep, I got cancer or yep, um, I got depression. Yep, I'm bipolar. It's not very, uh, it can be counterproductive because now you just give yourself this label and you want people to either treat you a special way because you have this label now or you think that you understand everything because you have this label now and that's not always the case. And a danger of going to a psychologist or a psychiatrist is that even they, experts in their field, don't understand everything and they need time with the patient to start a, to understand like your behavior patterns, your thought process, your past experiences, all this takes time. You know what I mean? Um, so it's it's definitely better today than it ever has been because we have access yeah. to so much information so we can at least get an idea of what the hell is going on with me. And also you can see other people's experiences and see, shit, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person that has experienced something like yeah. this, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's the best part, the fact that you and I can have a conversation about it and we're both kind of going through the same thing and we can relate to each other. Mm -hmm. That's, that's absolutely fantastic. And, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and also there's a lot of stuff that, um, you can do like before actually going to, a psychologist or a professional, like mm -hmm. working out or just trying to change your habits and stuff like that. Uh, like I was watching, uh, I was watching a podcast with uh, Dr. Phil, Dr. Phil, and uh, uh, Joe was asking him if he thinks that the problems that people have is really uh, as simple as he makes them out to be. Mm -hmm. And he was like, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the problems that people have are very complex, very, very complex. And there's a lot of things that, that go into that. But nine times out of 10, the solution for it is very simple. Like the problem is complex, but what you have to do to, to get around that usually is, is very simple. It's like changing your habits doing something differently. Um, yeah, like not like doing the same thing over and over again, like expecting different results. Mm -hmm. 
that's like insanity, right? Um, so yeah. No, man, I agree 100% with what he said. And that's something I can say I learned in my personal experience is that um, especially like going back to the way we were raised and stuff, when you when your parents don't necessarily connect with you a lot when you're growing up, you don't have a close relationship and they don't necessarily teach you the skills you're going to need to survive in life alone, to to get jobs or just to take care of yourself, period, whatever that means to you is you, you kind of, you have to try and fail, but you try and fail a lot, a lot more than you probably need to. And also you kind of create lots of bad habits. You lose sight of what's important. You, your perspective kind of gets skewed because um, you're just kind of just going all over the place. You don't have any real direction in life. And I, I realized that, like you just said, a lot of times you may think that you're struggling with, let's say, mental issues you know, you're depressed or you're anxious or whatever, whatever your mental issue may be. Or, um, yeah, we'll just say that whatever your mental issue may be, you can solve it very simply by just going to play soccer. You can solve it by painting a picture. You can solve it by writing a book or just listening to music, doing something to take yourself out of the situation, recharge your batteries, clear your mind, and then come back and you'll see, oh shit, the answer was in front of me all this time you know what i mean and i learned that the hard way like when i was younger my vice has always been weed marijuana like i just love smoking weed and um it could be for good times it could be for bad times but definitely when it's bad times you want to feel better you want to smoke weed and it's like that has a whole bunch of other consequences right you're lazier sometimes or you're less motivated you only want to smoke more weed you have less money now because weed is expensive all these other things that cause more problems in your life which makes the initial problem more and more complex like you were saying but the simple solution is when you feel the urge to do something that maybe isn't the best for you or when you're feeling like things are just chaotic remove yourself from the situation find something more productive to do like go play soccer you'll feel much better later you know what I mean? And I was listening to the same podcast, Joe Rogan's podcast, um, with a man named Naval something. He works in the IT industry. I can't remember his name. But he was he's big on meditation, which can help a lot of people. And he was saying this quote that he mentioned was like, most of man's biggest problems in life come from the fact that he can't just sit down in a room alone by himself, alone by himself, alone for 30 minutes without doing anything. And what I understood him saying was that a lot of your problems come from the fact that you simply can't fight temptation. You simply can't focus and just be calm. You can't, you you don't have control of your mind yet. Your mind has control of you. But if you can just calm down, slow down for a second and think before you start making these impulsive decisions, you'll see that you have all the power over your mind. You just have to learn how to control it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the the interesting thing about uh, meditation, like you said, uh, most people can sit alone in an empty room and just be by themselves. It's interesting because meditation can come in many different forms, right? Like it's not just sitting there doing nothing. Uh, you could be like, playing soccer and be meditating or uh, painting and be meditating. Like anything mm-hmm. that takes your mind off of the, the usual thing, 
and it can be like focusing on yourself and focusing on what you're doing at the moment could be a form of meditation, right? And um, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to get a topic here, but just a quick question. Uh, you said that uh, you've been like smoking weed, and it can be good or bad sometimes, hmm. depending on the moment. And uh, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that one of the benefits of marijuana is that it really helps with, um, how can I say this? Yeah, the most common mental issues like depression, anxiety, and things like that. Do you think that that can be a benefit of smoking marijuana? Hmm. Or do you think that you can get addicted to the effect that it gives you and the uh, I know, like the pleasure that it, that it, it brings to your life, and you get addicted to the effect of smoking marijuana. Like, I'm happy right now, but if you take that shit away from me, I'd be depressed as fuck. You know? <laughs> how do you think that? How do you think that affects your your mind uh, smoking marijuana in terms of depression and and uh, anxiety, things like that? Well, speaking for myself only because that's all i can do because uh, weed affects marijuana affects everybody's brain in a different way even if we both are smoking the same weed at the same time it might have a different effect on you so speaking for myself um we it can have it for me it didn't really have a positive effect you know what i mean it was kind of like i think if you're not using it as a a way to fill some kind of hole inside of you, if you're not using it as a way to avoid your responsibilities, it can be good for you. It can help people with depression, physical pains as well. It can help with your appetite if you're not eating a lot. It can help with your anxiety. It can give you more energy. There's many different kinds of weed as well, and they all have different effects. So there are plenty of positive benefits. That's been proven a long time ago. But if you don't use it the right way, just like alcohol or any other substance that alters your mind. If you don't use it the right way, it can be detrimental, man. Like for me, um, if I smoke weed at the wrong time, I can just get really lazy, unmotivated. I, be I always become more paranoid and anxious when I smoke weed. And it's known for making you uh, more calm and relaxed. But for me, it's kind of like the opposite effect because you get, or I get, super aware of myself and everything that's going on around me which makes me two times as kind of like anxious as I normally am, you know? So um, I think it really depends on you and your situation. But for me, nine times out of 10, it's not really a positive thing because it's also like the obsessive part of the personality where when you when I like something, it's just like, I really like it. And I want to do it all day, every day, and never stop doing it again. And that's just, you know, oh, yeah. in that case, you're just asking for trouble, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think like anything else, if you don't, if you don't respect the concept of moderation, yes. it can be really, really bad for you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. We definitely uh, talked about that many times before, and it's so true. It would not just with that, but with everything in life, moderation is key. You know, and um, I think part of that 
is just a lack of self-control. You know what I mean? So that's that's something that you really got to uh, value during your transition to adulthood is self-control and responsibility. Because if not, man, it, life is going to be hard for you, my friend. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of times you'll, I mean, that's definitely your responsibility as an individual. But I feel like it's very important to have a group of people to kind of hold you accountable in life, like a group of friends that you trust and that you can rely on. I feel like that's really important when you're dealing with uh, your mental health and just keeping your mind in a, in a good mental state. You mm -hmm. know? Absolutely, man. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so important, dude. And um, speaking of, well, staying on topic with the adulthood transition thing, you have one more year of college, my friend. And after that, yeah, it's the big leagues, man. So uh, how are you feeling about that? Very, very anxious and afraid of what comes next. Mm. I'm really... Um, I don't really know what's going to happen because first of all, like this, this line of work and this uh, department or this area mm -hmm. is not really what I'm passionate about. I mean, I do enjoy it. It's fulfilling, but it's not something that I like to do for the rest of my life. Absolutely not. Mm. I mean, sitting in a cubicle and spending eight hours sitting in a chair programming and solving other people's problems and not something that I that, that it's not something that I like to do for long periods of time maybe for a little while save up some money but it's not something that brings I don't feel like I would be happy doing that for, for a long time so I'm kind of trying to figure out what my passion is as cliche as that sounds but, uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because it took me, it took me like three years to figure that out. Like, this is not what I'm passionate about. So since I'm only, I'm already past like halfway through the curse and there's only one year left to go, I might as well just finish it and, and get my degree. But I'm not sure if I want to be doing that for, for a long time. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure, man. Um, what about what about you? What do you think the um, I know that's a very cliche question and kind of kind of a tricky question, but how do you see yourself in like five years from now or ten years from now? <laughs> um, well, I turned 25 in two weeks, so. 10 years from now, that one's easier to answer. 10 years from now, um, I plan to be a millionaire for sure. That's a goal I set for myself. And I don't mean like, you know, making it rain with millions in cash. I mean a million dollars in net worth, which means the assets that I own are worth a million dollars. You know what I mean? Because we don't have to get too deep into it right now, but there's a, a difference between being rich and being wealthy. Being rich just means having money to spend, right? You're balling. But being wealthy means that if I stop working today, 
I won't have to work for the rest of my life because I have machines or assets in this case making money for me that I'll be able to pass to my children or my loved ones or whoever I want when I die. And that machine will continue to make money for them. That's wealth, right? Longevity, long term. So that's what I'm, that's what I plan to create over the next 10 years, but five years, I honestly don't know, man. I'm at like a transitional period myself because I really enjoy teaching English online, because, especially the method that I use because it's not formal at all. You know, I learn so much from what I'm doing and I get to connect with people all over the, the world, actually. Yeah, all over the world and um, help them improve vital skills that they need. But like you said, I know that it's not something like, man, I want to do this the rest of my life. I just, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't teaching. You know what I mean? It's not like that. I like it. It's cool. Yeah. But I want to do other things with my life at the same time and also make more money. You know what I mean? As much as I enjoy what I do, in this moment, at 25, money is the major motivation. Just because what's oh, most yeah. important to me is independence. Being able to do what you want, when you want, and how you want. And if you don't have any money, you can't do any of those things, right? So that's the motivation, which is why I'm like considering other career options. And um, depending on what I choose in the near future, that will directly affect what I imagine life looking like in the next five years but going back to something that you said that's really important is that uh you realized over these three years in school that programming is not your passion you know as cliche as that sounds you know you got to find your passion you know because if you do what you love then you'll never work that's what they say but i just think that's obviously cliche it's like a really romantic way of trying to convince people that doing what you love is the key to success and i really i don't think it is man i think there's many different ways to success you mentioned one which was like do something that maybe you're not crazy about for a few years with the specific intent of saving money to invest it in something else or saving money to go do other things with your life later sometimes you just have to make that sacrifice and people don't want to really talk about yeah. that. They just say, I'll do what you love, even if you're poor and you can't afford an apartment and, you know, you're on government funding and and all these things. It's like, that's not realistic, bro. So yeah. uh, there's this guy named Mike Rowe who has a TV show called um, Dirtiest Jobs, I believe it's called. And he goes around the country showing people that you can make a great living. You can make great money doing jobs that are not valued at all by general society like plumbing, electricians, working on farms and things like this. You can make good money doing these jobs. And he has this message that he tries to spread, which is don't follow your passion. Follow the money. Follow what makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Your passion isn't going to pay the bills. It's not going to feed your family. The money is. So sometimes yeah. you have to do what makes sense and think about your passion second. Because maybe your passion doesn't really make money. Maybe you like collecting stamps you know what I mean? Are you like collecting toy cars? It's not going to make you any real money, bro. You can still do that, but you got to yeah. pay your bills. So sometimes you have to do what makes sense Absolutely. and uh, follow the money. As Even though it's not a popular thing to say, because, oh, you just want money. You want money. It's like, yeah, I do. I love money. It gives me freedom, right? So that's the way I think about it today. Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree, and I think that... A lot of times, if you try to follow your passion and do it as a job, as a way to to, to make money, you know, depend on it to, to basically survive, you might basically like kill your passion. Because now it's not it's not something that you do in your free time. 
or something that you do as a hobby or something. You actually depend on it to raise your fam- uh, uh, maintain your family or pay your bills and stuff like that. So you might actually kill your passion and not enjoy doing that as a job or as a career. Uh, so I agree with what you said. I think that maybe the most realistic option is to like do what you're not so crazy or passionate about as a job and then doing what you enjoy doing in your free time. Like when you get home from work, you can actually enjoy your your free time and just doing it as a hobby. I feel like you enjoy it even more when it's not a task or a job, something that you depend on to, to pay your bills, right? Uh, and also, I feel like work will always feel like work, regardless of how passionate about how passionate you are about it, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't be called work. You'll be, I mean, you will call it something else, right? Yeah, we call it fun, right? That's a totally different word with a totally different definition. Yeah. <laughs> hey, bro, you said it so beautifully, though, is that uh, that was the main reason I never really, really pursued any career in like photography, for example, because um, it's a great passion, but to have like deadlines and responsibilities and, and clients breathing down your neck, just, you know, watching your every move and demanding all these things, it's like, I don't want to do that. That's a job. I don't want a job. You know what I mean? All right, everybody. So once again, uh, during this conversation, we were having like connection problems, technical difficulties. Um, so I just cut those pieces out of the conversation and we're going to get back to the conversation now. Oh, uh, can you can you hear me? Now I can. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I think we got disconnected. For, yeah. Yeah, I can. That's okay. Perfect. Nice. I just uh, could you repeat like the last the last minute? If you broke up for a little. Um, yeah, let me try to remember what I said. <laughs> but the, well, the basic, basically what I was talking about is that uh, it's just unrealistic for people to, to tell their kids or to tell anybody, you should strive to live a life where you wake up and do what you love every day. It's like, even if you love it, you're not going to uh, love it yeah. 100% of the time. You don't love anything 100% of the time. Like, like you said, work is always yeah, going to feel like work so i've been trying i've been kind of changing my perspective lately and instead of chasing pennies you know fractions of a dollar to do what i love it's like do something that pays well that i can how can i say that forces me to grow because it's not all about having fun and enjoying sometimes it really is just about Uh, growing doing things that are purposeful in life and keeping a broader perspective like maybe you don't love it right now but if it's for a bigger purpose, then I think you can just suck it up and make the sacrifice sometimes, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah like, even, even the things that you're 100% passionate about, it has its moments. Like, yeah. it's not always perfect or always, you know, it's not always perfect, yeah. Um yeah, I agree, absolutely. And uh, if you think about it, if you want to have a good quality of life, what's going to bring you that is money, right? You, you you can't you can't pay your bills with passion. You don't you don't do that. So it, it's much more realistic to 
pursue something that can actually bring you uh, some good income. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. And not only that, but um, it's like we're not trying to say do something that you hate just to make good money. That's completely different because um, there's it's almost impossible to stay at a job that you genuinely hate just for the money. It's just not going to go well. Yeah. But what I'm saying is um, you you got to find something that maybe you don't love but that you can do. You can see yourself doing every day. You're oh, not going to yeah. burn out. You're not going to like quit because you hate the place. Find a job like that that pays your bills. And also you got to think about what kind of life you want to live because that determines what kind of job you need. You know what I mean? If you want to live in a mansion and drive a Mercedes and, you know, have a diamond Rolex, you probably want to work a job that makes you two, three, five hundred thousand dollars a year. But if you don't need all that, you can live a great life making forty thousand, fifty, sixty thousand dollars every year and support yourself just fine. Yeah. So you have to take that into account, too. What kind of life do you want to live? You know? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I want to be able to escape, at least escape, like, the nine-to-five job, you know? Yeah. I don't think that's, uh, that's a good lifestyle to have. Uh, even if you can deal with that, it's just, I, I feel like it brings the joy out of your life because you spend more time at the job than with the people that you love or, you know, doing things that you want to do. Because then it's like you spend eight to ten hours at your job and you come home and you have to clean, you have to prepare your food, and then it's like you have three hours to enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you do that for long enough, that's like the easiest way to get overwhelmed and burnt out. Mm -hmm. And I, I hope that I can escape from that lifestyle. And I think that nowadays the easiest way to do that is by working online, right? Yeah. On the internet, you know, get to choose your own hours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It can be, it has its challenges for sure, especially when you're like freelancing online. And it also depends on what kind of service you're offering, how much money you can make. But um, like you said, that's definitely the goal, right? Is to, to get out of the, what we call a rat race, the nine to five race. And there's many different ways you can do that. But um, I would say investment is probably the number one way, which is what I meant by creating wealth, like investing in real estate, owning property. You know what I mean? It's, it's a great way to create wealth and, and kind of just get out of the race. You know what I mean? But obviously that takes time and sacrifice. You have to have money to invest in something like that. So that's kind of where it brings back to the, the yeah. main subject is figuring out what kind of person you want to be and what kind of life you want to live as an adult. Because until you answer those questions, you're not really going to know what do I need to do to make all that happen. And then you're just doing A, B, C, and D without really knowing why, without knowing what's going to happen and being disappointed when it's over because you never had any real objectives in the first place, you know? Man, the internet is terrible today. I don't know if it's mine or yours. Can you hear me yeah. now? Yeah, I can hear it now. Okay, cool. <clears throat> cool. Um, yeah. But going back to... Your situation, your current situation, because you're saying that you kind of realize 
programming isn't what you want to do for the rest of your life. You know that you're almost done with school, so you figured, ah, I should just finish and then decide what to do after I'm done. And you also know that you want to leave the rat race at some point. But another interesting thing that we were talking about, I think maybe last week or two weeks ago, is that you feel... How can I say? The kind of life you want to live, the ideal life for you doesn't have a lot of challenge or hard work in it. Like you want to live just the easy, relaxed, kind of simple life. And uh, if you just say that to somebody, they're like, man, you have no ambition. You're lazy. Like, what are you talking about? You want a life with no problems? So what exactly do you mean by that? Can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I uh, like I, th- I think my personality, at least right now, is I feel very anxious having new responsibilities and new challenges. So I like to have a job where I'm comfortable enough with the daily routine to the point where I don't have to deal with new challenges and you know new things coming up. Uh, and that's one of the reasons that I don't like programming because mm. you have to be constantly studying and be up to date to the new technologies and the new, uh, things that are coming up. So it's like you spend one year studying one type of technology and two years after that, it's like, it's outdated. You have to be studying something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's constantly new things for you to for you to learn and I don't I don't really like that I maybe it is a lack of ambition for sure I agree um, or maybe I'm just lazy as fuck and I don't I don't like <laughs> to, to have responsibilities but I like to get to a point where it's like yeah basically the comfort zone I think that's what I'm trying to describe I like to be and I think everybody hmm once that everybody feels good in their comfort zone but i feel like in my case when i'm out of my comfort zone doing something that i'm not comfortable with it's just really i don't know nerve-wracking or uncomfortable (laughs) yeah i feel really really bad um yeah yeah uh that's something that i've been um how can I say this? That's something that I personally, that I've been personally dealing with for the last two years because I've been at the same job for the last two years. And I remember the first couple of months, I was really, I was not really happy with what I was doing because there was a lot of things that I needed to learn. And I was really, I was basically a beginner at what I was doing. And nowadays, everything is like, I've done it before. I know how to do this, and I can I can deal with this. Uh, and that makes me feel good. Now I actually enjoy going to work because I know what to expect, and I know that there's not going to be any any new challenging things. You know, I feel like I'm. It's like I like to be in control of what's going on or what's coming next. 
or the possibilities, what might happen, what might not happen. Mm. And if I don't have that control, I just, I freak out. <laughs> I don't, I can't deal with that. Mm. I can definitely empathize, man. Um, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening can empathize. Like, uh, you you summed it up really good. Like you said, it just, it's comfortable to be in the comfort zone, man. Like, feels good, you know, but... Yeah. Uh, what I've been kind of thinking about lately, almost every day, is like, is that necessarily the right perspective to have when you talk about uh, being successful, whatever that means to you, whatever that means to you. I just think that all of your personal growth and your physical growth, I guess, but definitely like internal growth comes from stepping outside your comfort zone, doing things that aren't familiar Um because that's, I mean, you don't grow when you do something that you know how to do. You're just repeating, yep. you know, tasks that you already learned. You're not learning anything new. So like coding, for example, it's something I'm seriously considering. Learning about software engineering and, and uh, coding and all these types of things. But like you just said, you have to constantly be studying and learning new things. And there's always a new problem. And then I got to work for this corporate machine and try to move up the corporate ladder. And I'm just like, dude. No, yeah, no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. But at the same time, kind of moving back a little bit from the image and trying to get a bigger perspective, I would say it's actually a good thing to kind of be forced to constantly be learning new things, solving new problems, because you're just opening up new pathways in your brain, which makes you more creative, makes you more resilient in difficult times. And uh, those are obviously good skills to have. It's the same thing with this podcast. Like constantly having to research new subjects, prepare the material, kind of put my thoughts on paper and play with them and organize a show. It's not, it's work because I don't necessarily want to do all the preparation, but it's totally beneficial because I'm learning with the people that are listening to what I'm saying. And it keeps me, it kind of keeps me on my toes and makes me obligated to constantly be learning something new or thinking about something new. You know what I'm saying? So it's positive in that way. I'm lazy and I don't want to do the work. I procrastinate a lot, but I always know afterwards it's going to be worth it to do that work. So it really depends on your yeah. perspective, right? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, like you said, that, that's definitely not a good mindset to have. Uh, I mean, it's definitely understandable. And I'm sure that, like you said, a lot of people can't relate to this. But... When it comes to being successful, whatever that means, I definitely agree that that's not a good mindset to have. I mean, that's like what I just described, the way I feel about jobs and stuff like that. That's like the perfect mentality to be stuck in minimum wage and not really moving forward in life, right? But definitely agree that um, in order to... To, to become successful, you just have to step out of your comfort zone and do things that you're not comfortable with. And eventually, um, you can become comfortable enough to, to feel good about your job and the things that you do. But I just like to, like, I'm willing to get out of my comfort zone and do something difficult. But I like to do that over periods of time, but not like every day, every week or 24 hours a day. Mm. Like, I feel like that's what people 
Well, I can't really. I don't know for sure because I've never been in the job market. I've never been. I've never worked at a programming company. But from the outside looking in, I feel like that's what it feels like to work as a programming. Hmm. You're getting out of your comfort zone like 24 hours a day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I like to 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 get like one big leap, and then just get to a point where I'm comfortable and I don't need to be constantly stepping out of my comfort zone. I don't know if that makes makes any sense. No, it makes um, total sense. Yeah, it makes total sense, man. Um, and I can totally relate. I'll say that for sure. It's like, it's great, like you said, um, to to learn new things and take on new challenges. But once you, it's weird how once you get to a level where you're just good enough to feel comfortable, then you're like, eh, whatever. You know, you want to kind of just stay at that level because it feels good. You're not like a complete beginner, you know, just enough to be dangerous, you know, which is a dangerous thing, you know what I mean? And if you just keep doing that with everything in your life, like you said, it's the perfect way to be stuck at the bottom tier, minimum wage, low class. And then I think over time, because yeah. you, if you reflect at all on yourself, you're going to know what you're doing. So then you start to like harbor resentment for yourself because you know you could be doing better. You know you could be doing more, but you just keep doing the same things, right? Just keep staying in the same mediocre situation. So I think uh, I think part of that is kind of like a, a what's the word I'm looking for like a a self protection type of thing. It's like a protective instinct that you have built inside you to stay away from hard things because we don't really want to do hard things, humans. We want things to be comfortable. I think that's a natural human desire to not have to do difficult stuff. So I think when it comes to taking on new challenges, when you sit there imagining yourself could I be a programmer? Could I do this for the next five to 10 years every single day? And then you imagine what you just described from the outside looking in. It's like a natural reaction to be like, no, dude, this sounds like too much work. It sounds like too much struggle and oh, headaches yeah. and all these things because you don't want to do anything difficult. So of course that's going to be a reaction. But that's what I think the difference between adolescence and adulthood is, is you just got to do stuff that you don't necessarily want to do. That's part of being an adult, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm trying to remember... Uh, uh, like, there's a book that, that you recommended a couple of months ago, and I was reading it. And there was a perfect saying uh, uh, to that. Uh, like, doing stuff that you're not comfortable with now so that you can feel comfortable hmm. in the future the slight edge and then there's the other the flight at yeah exactly yeah. flight edge uh and then if you do stuff that you're comfortable with now you'll feel uncomfortable afterwards or in the future exactly right? yeah i totally will make sense with everything that you just said mm -hmm. yeah man that's a a really good thing to bring up because it directly ties to perspective like we were talking about sometimes people fail to think like six months down the line or two years down the line to understand that everything you're doing right now is directly going to affect the life that you're living two years from now or 20 years from now everything you do has that effect 
So it's better to create those good habits now when there's low responsibility, low risk, you know what I mean, low expectations, so that in 10 years, you know, you'll be all the way up here. But if you just keep doing the same shit over and over and over again, you are going to be very, very, very upset 10 years from now. So um, that's ex- that's exactly what it is, man. It's just under- And also, like you said, you like to take on challenges over periods of time, not every day, all day. Sometimes it's really beneficial to think if you need to take on a new challenge, how can I break it down into smaller daily challenges so that I don't have to take on the whole thing at one time? And eventually taking on smaller challenges just becomes a good habit. You know, because if, if you're constantly stepping outside your comfort zone, your comfort zone is constantly growing, right? More and more things become comfortable to you so that 20 years from now, you know how to do all types of things. It's, it's no big deal. You know what I mean? But if you don't, then your, your yeah. comfort zone gets actually smaller because the world doesn't stop. New things are being invented. New technologies are being used. New ways of doing things are constantly being integrated into what we call like society. So if you're just staying in the same place, you're really moving backwards, you know? Definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. I think usually the things that, uh, the things that, uh, generate the good outcome in your life, they, do not feel comfortable at all. I think Joe Rogan was talking about it in in a podcast. He was saying, um, "How did you say that? Um, I'm I'm the most lazy, disciplined person <laughs> I know. Because like he don't want to do it, but he knows that you know that's gonna uh, generate a good outcome in, mm-hmm. in his life. So he just gets up and do it." Uh, like you don't feel like working out every day, but you, you you have to. And if you do, afterwards you feel like that that's a good thing. You know, I exactly. I feel better now. Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. So, man, adulthood. Let me see how we're doing on time, bro. Hold on. How do we fly through an hour that fast is my only question, bro. That's my only wow. question. <laughs> yeah. So listen, man, we um I still have plenty of time plenty of time to talk, but for purposes of the podcast, I think we'll keep it at an hour. Maybe we can do a part two to this conversation sometime. You know? But um sure. yeah. I'm trying to just kind of mentally remember all the things that we discussed. But the main subject has always been kind of just the transition into adulthood. So that will probably be the title of this podcast episode. But um, yeah, and we'll talk after I stop the recording. Obviously, we can keep talking. But man, I want to thank you once again for the third visit on uh, the Life in English podcast, man. And of course, we'll have you back soon, my friend. Absolutely, man. Uh, It was good to be back. Definitely. It's, uh, It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Of course, man. All right, everybody. I guess that's it. This has been another episode of the Life in English podcast. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen. And I guess today, Mateus Cortez, my co-host or my special guest, whatever you choose, whatever you prefer, sir. But we're going to get out of here, man. So we'll talk to you later. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.